If you will this morning, turn with me to our text, a very familiar text this morning, comes from Philippians 4.13. Sure, we could all quote it at this point, but I'll go ahead and read it. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art, how merciful Thou art, how powerful Thou art. Lord, I thank Thee and praise Thy holy name this morning. You have gathered us here, Lord, in Thy name. We know, Lord, in Thy promise that where two or more are gathered in Thy name, You will be there with us. You will be here in the midst of us, Lord, and we, we pray for that reverence now to know that Thou art with us. We pray, Lord, for a desire, a desire to be put into us, that we may desire to be taught at Thy feet, to know more of Thee, no more of thy power. Lord, humble us before thee in this hour that you may show us, Lord, that truly life is in thy Son, and by thy Son, and through thy Son. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In the verse, our text this morning, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, is a very common verse. It's it's a uh, probably next to John three sixteen. It's one of those ones that's quoted the most. I, you know, my wife's got it on her phone cover. Uh, I've seen it on Bible covers. I've seen it on bumper stickers. I've seen it in the crowd at football games. I've seen it uh, on players' faces, placard underneath. Uh, Philippians four thirteen seems to be a very common and familiar verse. I think for the child of God. It's one of those verses that's unmeasurable. When you think about the strength of the Lord, it's something that, like Paul talked about the love of Christ, that we can't get to the depth, the width, the breadth, the, the height. We could never exhaust what we know or what we learn about the love of Christ. Well, I believe his strength is that way too. We experience his strength on a daily basis as the Lord comes with power and and turns us from a certain fear or turns us from a bondage and, and gives us liberty in Him. And those moments and those times that the, the child of God experiences in his Lord are precious to him. And that's when the child of God can, can say and pray and thank his Heavenly Father because he can do. And I, and I, and I want you to, you know, this morning as we look at our text the three things that stand out to me in our text is first and foremost the power of Christ, the omnipotent strength of Christ, because without it the rest of the verse would not mean a thing. If we were just told that we could do all things, we know that that's not true. We've, we've proved it out in our life that we can't do all things. Um, and then the second thing that stands out to me is those two words, I can. Those are very important. It tells us that we, as the children of God, are overcomers. We are victorious. The I can means that there is a victory. And this is coming from the same guy who wrote many times in the Scriptures, yet not I. So we know that I can can't mean I can. It can't be separated from this verse. It can't be separated from the strength of Christ. So we have... The strength and power of Christ, the I can, and then that little article, all, all things. So this morning, my, my prayer and, 
and in humble dependence upon the Lord is that the message is geared toward those three things, um, speaking about the Lord's strength, speaking about what we have in the Lord's strength, and speaking about that little word all. So if you will with me, we're going to back up to verse 10. Paul's writing this at the close, or our text is found at the close of this letter, the last letter that Paul would ever write. And, and, and he was in jail, and, and Nero was uh, the one he was in jail to. And Paul's last two letters, the second letter to Timothy and, and, this, and this letter to the Philippians, um, Paul knew that his life was nearing the end as we see in verse 10 this morning, he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last, this is the end of his life, this is, he knows he's getting very close to that time. The Lord is giving him an assurance, and don't miss that, how the Lord is preparing his chosen one to move off the face of this earth. And Paul, in after writing this letter, and we know all the things that come in this letter, the power of the resurrection of Christ, the what, the, what Paul compared the things of this world to being dung to the things of Christ, which being his life, and to live as Christ, to die as gain, and, and, and the things that are virtuous, the Lord, uh, he compared everything in Christ being greater. And when we come to the end of the verse, he says, um, I rejoiced, I had great joy in the Lord, greatly, and he rejoiced in the Lord, but he rejoiced that his brethren took care of him. And he said, uh, Now at the last your care of me has flourished again, that in the faithfulness of the Lord he provided love for the brethren to take care of Paul's needs. And Paul, we know that he said in another place that he was a tent maker and that he earned his living that way, but he can't make tents when he's in a prison. So he was reliant upon others to send him things to take care of him and and he was given freedom to meet with those and and even the depth of grace is shown when Paul writes that those in the house there of Nero were converted power of grace and wherever the Lord led Paul the Lord had his people and Paul's thanking the Lord for for that great care and he says it's flourished again wherein you were also careful but you lacked opportunity and then after speaking about the, the joy and everything that he'd been given, he then turns his att attention to what he's learned. What he's learned in the school of Christ. What Christ has taught him. And dear ones, I know this is the end of Paul's life and Paul tells us that this is what he learned, but I don't believe this is age related. I don't believe Paul's looking back and goes, well, I just learned this as I got to the end of my life. Paul doesn't tell us when he learned it. I think we're constantly being instructed this in the school of Christ. And, and what is it that the, the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching us? And this morning, as I always ask, I ask the Holy Spirit this morning to search us, to search us that if we be in the number that Paul is addressing to the, the people of God, that it, is this the way that the strength of Christ has worked in my life? Is this how as Paul's testimony is, as a minister of Christ, he's talking about how Christ does this in our life. And that's what I'd ask you this morning, as the Holy Spirit is willing to convict or to instruct or to lead us to the righteousness that's higher than ours, 
and to show us our need and our sufficiency, which is of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, not that I speak in in respect of desire or in respect of want. For I have learned. There's that testimony. I have learned. And, And we already, unlike them who've reading the letter for the first time, We, because the text has been introduced to us, already know how Paul got to this place. That's what 13 tells us. I can do all these things. And he's telling us what he's learned and how he's learned it. I've learned it by the strength of Christ. I've learned it by Christ's strength in me. His strength to subdue my flesh. His his strength to subdue my mind. His strength to subdue... My carnality. That's so important. Because that's the strength that we need. I don't know if you're like me, but many times I muse in my mind and I think, why did I just do that? Why am I that way? I don't want to be that way. I don't want to react that way when I hear something like that. That's not the love of Christ. But it reveals to me when the Lord comes, no more can ye unless the Lord reveals and comes with power. And that's, you know, as I always say, we're not talking potentially here. Will the Lord come? Yes, this is a promise. Paul said it, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It's not, I hope Christ strengthens me. I'm going to wait around till he does. It is Christ does. So let's never miss that fact. But Paul says, not that I, I, I speak that in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Contentment. Oh boy, does that escape us a lot in this life. I think we've all, or a lot of us have read that book, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. We know the one thing I take out of that book is it is rare. <laughs> When I think about my life and I think about when, I, when I'm really content, and that means I'm not worried about job, I'm not worried about economy, I'm not worried about politics, I'm not worried about who's, who's, who's in control, I'm not worried about my next meal, I'm not worried about anxiety in my home or, or sickness or affliction or contentment is the absence of worry. It's the absence of anxiety. It's a rest. And Paul said, you know, I've, I've learned something. Um, I've learned in this school of Christ, through the power of Christ, through the strength of Christ, that whatever state I'm in, where, what, whatever, and he's going to explain what those states are here just in a minute. Um, but from, from the start to the finish of our lives and in our Christian life, we learn the same way. Sometimes I think when people read this verse, they look at it and they say, oh, see, Paul learned something. If I just learn it, then I'll know it for the next time. Or I'll know next time I can then wield that strength to then say, okay, I learned this. Look, the Lord has taught me to trust him. And, and so I've trusted him in the past. I'm going to trust him in the future. Well, we know that's not true because of our carnal nature, that warfare that we have. There is a part of us that always trusts the Lord. Christ in us, the hope of glory. But there is a part of us that doesn't. And we'll never trust Him. 
So we need Christ's strength to subdue that part and to exalt himself in our life and give us the mind of him. And when that takes place, that's where contentment is. That's what Paul's going to tell us here. And so Paul says, you know, not that I, not that I speak in respect of one, as if he's not, he's not speaking about things, I guess I'm trying to say. That though he had nothing... You know, he's in jail. He had nothing. He possessed everything in Christ. In fact, he said that in 2 Corinthians 6, 10. He says, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. He was speaking of being a minister of Christ. He said, as poor yet making many rich. As having nothing yet possessing all things. As a minister of Christ. So, Paul learned that. That the things of this world wasn't something that could fill his soul. The things going on in this world is not what gives us peace. It's not what gives us rest, and it's not what gives us contentment. And I think we all know that. I think we've all been ex exercised in that here recently and, and in, in every day. As, the, as we look at the world and say, oh, it's changing, it, it's troublesome to us. But it's not changing from the standpoint the one who's still governing it is governing all things. But in our carnality, we don't trust that. We don't trust Him. We need His strength. We need His power to subdue that mind and that will to run off and to not trust Him or not to believe. Um, Paul said it this way in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He said, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. And then then the rest of this is what I, I love so much. He says, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So Paul tells us there that, that our contentment is Christ in us. That it's Christ himself. It's not things. It's not peace in situations or when an affliction is over or, or when we have relief from that affliction or, or the affliction of our mind. But it's in Christ. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's contentment. So that I, we may boldly say, and we're going to get to that, I can in a minute. We may boldly say in his power, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And you, you can take man out of there and you can put the wicked one in there and you can put your fallen nature in there. and you can. But Paul writes man because... What's manifested in our life the most here on earth is our fear of man. It is. Every day in our aspect. Whatever it is, whatever we hear, we're, we're fearing man. What man's going to do to us. Um, so we certainly see in this text, Paul, which is a mirror text to what we just read, he said, I've learned to be content. And then he tells us in Hebrews what his contentment is. It's Christ which we already knew from our text this morning, that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So then we, we go to the next, tech, uh, next verse here, and he starts to uh, have some um, corollaries here, or some contrasts, I should say. And one, he says, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Okay, so I know how... This is what, what I asked at the beginning of this message 
if the Holy Spirit was willing to teach us what it means to experience the power of Christ, the strength of Christ. This is by definition what it means. Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know how to be brought low. I know how to decrease and I know how to increase in Christ. Now you want to argue that point and say that you're increasing in yourself then I would say you haven't learned what, what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about a dependency upon his Lord and what his Lord undertakes for him on behalf of him. And so when Paul says, I know how to be abased, you know, we, we know that text that Paul said, I was in shipwreck, I was beaten three times, I was, you know, he was bitten by a viper. He's, you know, all these things we can think of that happened to the Apostle Paul. And all that was abasing him. Most importantly, we know that text that tells us he had a thorn in the flesh. That was abasing him. That thorn was a messenger of Satan. It was buffeting him. It was bringing him low. It was, it was, it was um, humbling him. Paul said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Two opposites again. In Christ's strength, we can be full, that's contentment, and we can be desirous to know Him more. That's contentment. Contentment is Christ's mind, is Christ living in us. Contentment is not laziness. I've heard people say that. Recently, even, you know, I've been a Christian all my life. I, I know this, I know that, and I'm just happy knowing that. The child of God's not content with that. He, he knows that the scriptures tell him that he grows in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. He wonders what that means. How am I growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord? That's what Paul says. I know how to be full and I know how to be hungry. That hunger is a desire to know more of Christ, to, know, to grow up into Him so that He will mature us in Him, conform us to His image. And then he says, um, both to abound and to suffer need. And that means abounding peaceably, and that means suffering need or, or suffering yeah, a wantonness or an emptiness where He needs something. Well, I hope you understand that. I hope you've been emptied to need Christ. This is so different than the prosperity gospel that's preached today. It's so different than that idea that what we can do and what we have to do and what we must do. Paul doesn't know anything of that kind of foreign gospel. He called it, let that man be a curse that preaches that. This is the gospel, that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Turn with me, the first place we're going to go today, turn with me, you know, we're going a long way, but it's Deuteronomy, if you will. We can go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. What we have, we have by the Lord. I want you to read this, and we'll, we'll start in four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Notice how he said that. They shall be in thy heart. Well, how does he know that? Because the Lord who puts them there. What Moses? And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And this is the part I wanted to focus on. And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, spiritually we understand that when the Lord brings us into the land, into the contentment of Christ, into the rest of Christ, into his finished work, when the Lord brings us there to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which you dig not. Sometimes I think we're robbed in the idea of saying, when we see all these eyes in the Bible, we think it's a, it's a, it's a demeaning to God to say, Lord, you provided everything for me. And that self comes up in us and says, no, we got to have a part in it. Or we have to show others that we've done something so they don't think that I'm just complacent. Well, it's not complacency. It's the life of faith and it's the life of the power of Christ that lives within us. And that's what the Lord is showing Israel here. We know it's physical Israel, but I'm talking about spiritual Israel. Everything you have, you didn't receive. I mean, you didn't get. You didn't work for the cities you build, I build them. The wells you dig, I dig them. We owe it all to him. And then he says, um, Vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and, not, and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord. I just threw that verse in there just to, to remind us this is what does, it puffs us up. The days of prosperity puff us up. And we think, whoa, we have all these things. And all of a sudden, our mindset, our voices, our things that we say in this world, that I creeps in. Oh, well, I did this the other day, or I did this. No, you didn't. Not if you're God's child, you didn't. He did. He did. You want to know where Paul's I can is coming from? This is where it's coming from. It's the same as David. You know, when David wrote in 2 Chronicles there at the end, he said, Lord, everything that we have, we have because of you. All that you see, everything, the, the praise that we give you today is because of you. The, the, the ability to lift up our voice today is because of you. The prayers we give is because of you. Oh, if the Lord would teach us that. If he would teach us that, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. To know more about this omnipotent power and strength of Christ. The all-powerful strength of Christ. What it does. That's what I asked you at the beginning. Do you know Christ's strength this way? I don't know your testimony. I don't know when you're sitting around talking to people. I don't know when you're speaking about the Lord to people. 
Is this your conversation? Oh, the Lord has undertook for me. He has done this for me. This is what the Lord has performed for me. He performs all things for me. That's what Paul's saying today. That's Paul's gospel. So let's go back to our text now and we'll get to the text. Now we've worked down and now we've gotten to verse 13. And we say, I can do all things through Christ with strength. So as I said, there's the key to what the rest of it was. And he says, the strength I have is because of Christ. And, and so we look at that omnipotent power. And I wrote this down. The freedom in Christ, which is by him, to interpret every circumstance of life as being ministered to me by my Lord and Savior of life. That's what that is to me. It is the freedom I have in Christ to interpret everything that takes place in my life, and I'm not talking about sin, I'm talking about everything that's working for my good, whatever it is, that it's attributed to my Lord and Savior who has done all things for me. That's what... The strength of Christ is, to me. That's the sufficiency of Christ. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. He says, not that we, being ministers of Christ again, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. We know it's not of us. I hope you know that. But our sufficiency is of God. Well, what is our sufficiency? It's of God. And God has placed everything in His Son. Everything. Everything for you and I in His Son. The church's testimony is of Christ's power. It's the testimony of His strength. We know that we're willing in the day of His power. And we're not willing any other day. We really aren't. That's if the Holy Spirit makes you true this morning to yourself. That's what true to myself. Lord, who am I before you? Empty me of my notions of thoughts and all of these things that I think of who I am. Who am I, Lord? And I pray the Lord reveals to you, well, you're nothing without me. But with me, through me, and by me, this is who you are. Big difference. I hinted on this text before. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul said, and you know what this is found. This is when he was buffeted by Satan and he had that thorn in the flesh. What was it that the Lord revealed to him? Think on these words carefully. Listen. And he said unto me, that's the voice of Christ. These were in red words. My grace is sufficient for thee. Have you ever had Christ say that to you? My grace is sufficient for thee. Oh Lord, I'm afflicted this morning. I have this horrible, I don't know what it is. I keep going in this, and you keep showing this. Look, my grace is sufficient for you. Oh, but Lord, the world seems to be turning into more chaos every day. But my grace is sufficient for you. But Lord, I, my, my finances and I, I, my job is, is this way and, and I, I just don't like it. I don't like the way it's going. My grace is sufficient for thee. 
for my strength. Christ's strength. This is his words. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Where do you think the weakness is? You think it's in Christ? No. It's in you and I. Our inability is our weakness. Our brought to the end of ourselves and emptied of self is our weakness. And praise be to God it is that He does that. He strips us of self. Because that's where His strength is known. That's what He just told us. My, great, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do you want to feel the perfection of His strength like Paul is talking about this morning where he said, these are the things I've learned in, the, in Christ's school. I know what it's like to be abased and abound. I know what it's like to suffer need and all of that by the strength of Christ. Do you want that this morning? Do you need that this morning? Most gladly, Paul says, after that, after Jesus' words, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul's testimony immediately after that, being filled with Christ and the Holy Ghost, says, most gladly, most joyfully, Lord, this is the path you have hewn out for me. This is the path you have put me on for your glory. This is the path you've chosen for me. Lord, most gladly, therefore, this is the I can Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's what he learned. He learned that it's, that's when the power of Christ is shown in his life. When he's humbled. When he's, even when he's not. I mean, when it, well, I don't say he's humbled, he's content. But he's abounding. He's abounding in Christ by Christ. That's the power of Christ to make me abound. That's the power of Christ. That's the testimony of the church. It's all of Him. He did it. He's all in all. That means He's in everything in my life. We have millions of compartmentalized Christians walking on the face of this earth today. Christ is in my home life, but He's not in my work life. Well, Christ ain't over here, but and that's okay, because I got this part, but he's not. That wasn't the Christ of Paul. Had to be in every part of his life. Was in every part of his life. Abounding, being abased through Christ's strength. Oh, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What a glorious, what, what a glorious thought. Turn with me while we're here. Just a, it's just page over, a couple pages over. Ephesians three. Look at Ephesians three. I'm going to read these words. By His omnipotent power is our heading, little heading we're under right here. But let's just start in fourteen. Back up a little bit. I was going to start further down, but for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For this cause. This is. Well, Paul said, once again, this is what he's been taught, and this is why he bows his knees to the Father. Let's find out. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, 
that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, that's power, by his spirit in the inner man. That's how we're strengthened. The Holy Spirit strengthens us in Christ. He strengthens Christ in us. That's what he does. He reveals to us, gives us the mind of Christ. Paul said this is what he wants and desires for the church at Ephesus also. Of course, this is for all the elect. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints, that's something that we all comprehend, by Christ, by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. This is what his desire is. This is how we experience the strength of Christ, to know and to comprehend what the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of God, his love, his faith, his, his power, his grace, his mercy, his peace, his joy, his gentleness, his long-suffering. Now unto him, that's to Christ again, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's him. Unto him, he's the power that works in us. Oh Lord, make us to desire that power today. Give us a desire for that power, Lord. Put down the flesh. Put down the eye and exalt the youth. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. It's never ending in the Lord. The Lord's people, un, un, unfathomable, unmeasurable of his love and his strength and his power. That's what we have, that's what we need today. We need to know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And, and that I can is where we bleed into now because of what we just read, because of the strength that lives and resides in the inner man. I can is the assurance of his will, that his will is taking place and being worked out in us. That's what I can is. And, and that's something, a testimony between your soul and the Lord's power. That's you and him. That's where that I can comes from. Lord, as we're sitting at his feet, he says, this is what I have for you. And then you look up at him and you say, yes, Lord, I can. I can because of you. I can because you've overcome. I can because you are the way, the truth, and the life. I can, Lord, because you perform all things for me. I can. I can love. I can believe. I can overcome. I can trust. I can have peace, I can have joy, I can be gentle, I can walk in the confidence of my Lord because of his strength. I can. I already told you, this is the same guy who said, yet not I, because he didn't want the spotlight on him or his flesh or his fallen nature. He said, this isn't, that ain't, that ain't me. This isn't me doing this. This is my Lord. Oh Lord, put that upon our lips and our souls that we may 
experience the joy of surrender. The joy of surrender to that great loving power that's higher than ours. Praise God. David said this in Psalm 68, 34. He said, Ascribe your strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel and his strength is in the clouds. It's higher. His ways are higher. His strength is higher. It's very, very hard for me as a minister of Christ to sit in conversations or to hear things about co-pilotship or I do my part, the Lord does it. That's very hard for me. It, it, it's, it's really troublesome to my soul. It, it's probably the most thing that drags me down to that miry clay. I pray the Lord lifts us out of that and lifts us and sets us on that rock, that rock that is Christ, that we may see that it is He. It's He, Lord. It's you, Lord, who's performed all things and not to be ashamed of that gospel. That's the power of life. It's the power. But, um, David said this also in Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. And of course, the last thing in our text this morning is that little, like I said, that little word, all things. We know Romans 8, 28 tells us that all things work to good. And we, we've talked many times about Christ being all and in all, and He's in all things, and and that means in adversity or prosperity, dear ones. And I think that's what you've seen today, hopefully, as the Holy Spirit has been willing to instruct us in the Word, that that's what Paul said. It's whatever state I'm in, whichever one it is, what, whatever mindset that I slip into, the Lord has revealed to me this truth, that He is my strength. He is my all. He is my everything. Two places to go, and we'll finish up here. If you'll go with me over to Jeremiah real quick. Jeremiah 17. Um, Jeremiah 17, we'll start in verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Thus saith the Lord. Not Sean, not Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Be very careful. When we make the arm of flesh something we, ch- we, we trust in or depend upon, the eye is born. The eye is given power. The eye ascends to the, the, the top of you. That's what people see. That's who you are. At that moment, I. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabit it. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is for all things. For he shall be as a tree planted. Not a tree that plants itself. It's a tree that's planted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, 
nor her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful. In the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Prosperity, fruit-bearing, that's in Christ. That's the difference of trusting man and our trust being in the Lord by the power of the Lord for all things. Then we're warned in 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's the heart to trust in the arm of the flesh. Oh, who can know it? And you know, that's a good question, who can know it? Because I believe that we do spend our whole life here on earth learning more about this deceitful heart of ours. What we are capable of. The thoughts, the the things that come into our mind. Um, I think the Lord continuously abases His children by showing them what they're capable of without Him. Our unbelief, our, our anger, whatever, whatever you want to put in that. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. I am the Lord who does that. And if you will, turn over to Second Chronicles 32. It's the last place we'll go. This is at near the end of Hezekiah's life. And, and uh, we know that we've preached before about the, the attack that Hezekiah and the people had by Sennacherib and his people. And the Lord came and undertook for him and, and uh, for the kingdom and, and destroyed the enemy. But look at verse uh, chapter 32, verses 7 and 8. Be strong and courageous. And be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Now listen, we could spend hours just talking about the things we can't do. We can. We can spend hours and we can talk about all the things that seem incapable to do. They're too hard to do. That's, we say impossible to do. But the words of Hezekiah and the words of the Holy Spirit this morning tell us there'll be more for us than with Him. And that more for us is a triune God. With Him, that's Sennacherib, is the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. He fights our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And may the Lord rest us this morning on the words of our Lord and Savior. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of the world. I will fight for you. Paul's words, I can do all things through Christ with strength. May Christ strengthen you in this hour, the hour to come, the days to come. And may He always, always empty us and fill us with Himself that He be glorified. Dear Heavenly Father, have Thy power, Thy clarity, and Thy strength to the message this day. Lord. Thou would be pleased to feed Thy children 
to show us the necessity of your strength and give us an assurance of that strength in this hour. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.